You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. All right, well, hello again. It's Marty Payton and... Tommy D. Tommy D. Here we go with the post-sermon podcast. Uh, is this week three of this series? It is. I think it is. Thanks flying. I know it. It is. I love my city. So... You do love your city, but we have one person in our church that makes it your love for the city. It pales in comparison. Oh, Vicky. Vicky, the <laughs> best I've ever she, seen. She loves this city and she loves the people of this city. That's right. And it's very, very obvious. And we all should, uh, whether your home is Kannapolis or China Grove or Rockwell or That's Salisbury right. or Landis or Mooresville or Mount Pleasant, kind of get them all now. You know, a couple of weeks Pressure's ago, on. you, you, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I said, don't forget about Rockwell. And you said, yeah, yeah, I love, uh, that's right. They have that Dollar General in Rockwell. <laughs> All right. That was pretty funny. But you know what? Me and my Rockwell people, we embrace our Dollar General. That's Gentiles. right, baby. Love that Dollar General. If you if you don't like the one in Rockwell, just drive two miles. That's You'll it, find man. another one. Because <laughs> they are everywhere. And I love to see the the memes that have the Dollar General stuck in all of those places. Yeah, so anyway, this was all about salty speech and the way we present ourselves to our city for the sake of the gospel. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Good, good analogy you gave right up front about the restaurant and the presentation. You know, you you did that thing where, uh, you know, they either have this answer and they get this gleam in their eye about, you know, what it is that they love so much and makes your mouth water and you feel guilty if you don't get it, mm-hmm. then they could give you just a, meh, whatever, it's all good, kind of a the generic generic answer. Or what happened to you and me just a week <laughs> before the message, they're like, yeah, I'll be honest, I don't really eat <laughs> I don't eat it very often. That scares you. <laughs> that was scary. I know it. If I didn't like the restaurant already and know that, then... Uh... She might have affected me a little yeah, bit. but check, please. <laughs> right. Or we just have the water and chips. But anyway, yeah, so that's kind of how we started out with um, presentation and preparation, seasoning, setting. That makes all the difference when we go to a restaurant because we're eating chicken, fish, or beef. One of those three things at every restaurant we go to. But it's the way it's presented. That's right. That makes all the difference. And uh, so relating that to our lives, our lives. Yeah. yeah. Colossians four, five and six is the text. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So we can just work through um, the three points we talked about and I'll get your thoughts on it and maybe dive a little deeper in these. The first thing was. We need to behave wisely. If we really want to reach our city and love our city the way Christ has told us to, then we need to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, behave wisely. Yeah. And and I think that um, you did a good job of pointing out, like, and not some hypocritical way, and I don't mean hypocritical to, hypocritical to the world, but to yourself, like in who you are. Who are you really? Mm-hmm. Do you have that wisdom in you? Is the natural byproduct walking in him, in Christ? Uh, what does that look like to the rest of the world? Um, you were talking about um, wisdom. 
And Hebrews 8.10 says, and I will write it on their hearts, his law, that is, because your quote was, wisdom is knowing what to do for the glory of God, even after the rule book runs out Mm -hmm. and how you love rules, black and white. This is what you're supposed to do. And the author of Hebrews says that he's going to write his law in our hearts, and then that'll manifest itself in the way we live our lives to the rest of the world. And what you've been reiterating, and I agree, week after week, is that should be attractive to the rest of the world. Yeah. They should love the way they should love the way we love them. Correct. Even if they didn't agree with us religiously um, in our belief system, they should at least love the way we love them and not deny that we do love them. That's right. And and when I'm saying not to be hypocritical to yourself, like I believe that the closer we get with Jesus, the more we're walking with him, it it manifests itself in a genuine love. Oh yeah. Like it's not um it's not burdensome. Yeah. To go out of your way to love somebody. It just becomes part of who you are. If you look at the life of Jesus and when his disciples were writing about and recording his life in the Gospels, one of the things that we read is that he was moved with compassion mm-hmm. toward people. That's right. And uh, I read a quote this week um, by Andy Stanley, and it was, and I won't get it right, right off the top of my head, but it was something like, people are not in our way. They're, they are our way. I mean, it's it's like they're not in the way of where we're headed. They are, they're not roadblocks. They're they're, not they're, roadblocks, they're along okay. the path of where we're going. Right. And so, as followers of Jesus, who are out here to try to make disciples of Christ, people are why we exist. That's right. We don't exist for a building. We don't exist for anything other than to reach people with the gospel message. But how countercultural is that? Oh, it is. Because, I mean, the way that we're programmed is it's all about me. Yeah. And that's not what Scripture it's teaches. It's stepping on the backs of people yeah, to gain right. To get my, to where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. so we need to, as followers of Jesus, we need to learn to behave wisely. And one of the parts I didn't get to dive in as deeply as I wanted to, because he said, making the best use of the time. And, um, and as Christians, I believe that every time we encounter someone, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to make some level of impact, to to reach them, whether they're in the faith or out of the faith. Our job is to impact them in a positive way, according to the way Christ would want us to. To either help them know Christ or grow in their relationship with them. That's right. And not be a hindrance. That's right. Or a roadblock or a stumbling block. And um, so when we think about that, we need to ask ourselves, how do we make the most of every opportunity that we have through our behavior in the city in which we live, whether you're at that restaurant? And I think that that's where so many people misbehave. Absolutely. It's in settings like that, right? You know, I I actually went home uh, this past week and I told Leah, I said, babe, today was one of those times where I had to check myself and, um, and say, and examine how have I interacted with people in the community over the last five years, 10 years or so, because right before the second service was getting ready to start, this very familiar face walked in and it's one of the managers at the local food line in Rockwell. Mm. I've been talking to this lady for the last five years or so. And I'm like, Hey, and she said, well, Hey, what are you doing here? And we started talking. I went home. I said, I'm so glad that I'm intentionally like, 
conversational with these people. Like yeah. you're not just there to serve me. You're part of the community. I had no wow. idea she would step foot in charity one day. And it was one of those like, whew, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> right. you never know. You, never you know. sure don't. Boy, there's some people I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I know. I was <laughs> they like, go, you're the pastor? Yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> Broken and all. Um, but yeah, we need to we need to make sure that we everywhere we go, we're making the most use or the best use of the time. So the first thing was behave wisely. The second thing... Um, speak tastefully. Speak tastefully. Mm. <laughs> that tongue can get us in a lot of trouble. Boy, it is a... Uh, it is a tool. It can be a tool of the devil. It really can. I, right in our own mouth. I was just telling somebody yesterday, they said, I don't even know where to start in the Bible. And I said, well, you know, I think we always naturally point them to the gospel of John. I said, just for me personally, James is my favorite book in the Bible. And he has so much to say about the tongue mm. because of how it can either build somebody up yeah, or man, it can tear somebody down as fast as anything. Yeah. And I think that it's so easy to get caught up in some of the some of the unhealthy talk. You know, the number of times without thinking, I catch myself gossiping. Mm-hmm. If you just do a conscious throughout the day, or just be conscientious of opportunities that you have to do that, they there are so many. I, I'm not a I'm not a crude talker, right. you know. I, I don't get caught up in that. Um, I don't curse out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my father-in-law used to always go, "Man, I don't cuss, but if somebody would right now, I'd amen them." There you go. That's <laughs> so, right. So you know it's already up there in the head. So I don't get caught up in some of those things, but man, that 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 thing with gossip or that that negative speech, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in that. So contagious. Ugh. It's contagious. You mentioned, you know, selling cars and, you know, I sold cars a few years as well, years and years ago. Um, my dad used to say something about that very thing, though, and about how destructive negative talk can be. He said, I just want you to pay attention. There's always a huddle of salesmen outside. And that huddle is never talking uh, positive Mm-mm. things. It's always negative talk. Woe is me. He said, and you will never see the number one salesman in that group. Listen, you're as you're saying that, I'm picturing it. Yep. Where I worked at Hickson Hopkins Autoplex in West Monroe, Louisiana, or in Monroe, Louisiana, there was the corner. It was a smoker's corner. Absolutely. You know, they were always over there puffing and smoking and, and so much Debbie negative. Downer. But then there was the one salesman. He was always, he'd sold 20, 25 cars every month. Every month. And he always stood on the opposite side. That's right. By himself. And as soon as the car would drive in, he was on his way out there, right. catching all the ups. And not only that, he didn't smell like cigarettes either. <laughs> no, he did not. So he did not. imagine if, wow. if we exclude ourselves from those Debbie Downer groups, not yeah. only are we going to get the best opportunity, we're not going to stink either. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, it's good that there's not those kinds of people in the church. You don't have those Never. those huddles of Never. people that are negative and, and do we? Yeah. So what was the next point? I think they're everywhere. I think they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And we have to be careful to avoid that and be not only avoid being around it, but avoid being a participant in Mm -hmm. because it is so easy to allow that stuff to take on, uh, get a hold of your heart. Well, you had said about the salty in our speech that salt does two things, though. I thought that was really good. It's a preservative and an additive. So good. Yeah. Yeah. In, In some senses, we're preserving the gospel. 
the gospel message and the way that we present it. And the other way we're, and I got to be careful how you say this, but you're adding to the gospel or you're making it more flavorful because, because you're of your life. You're making it attractive. I mean, I, I love what you said. We don't, we don't take away or add to the gospel in any way, but it is like that waiter who's doing that presentation. Yeah. Somebody could present something to you and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have anything but that. Mm-hmm. Or you walked in with one thing on your mind after you hear their presentation all you want is what they just what sold they just you. sold you. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I gave the illustration about somebody who told me about a pork chop. Do you ever? Do you really ever go to a restaurant, Never. a fine restaurant, and order a pork chop? Nope. This person said that the way the waitress described this pork chop, he couldn't it. help but order it. Yep. And he said he didn't regret it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't cheap, you know. And so, I think that for us as Christians, we should, when people hear us talk about our Lord, they should believe. That we have been with him. And they should always see that glimmer in our eye. Mm. That we, they can taste. He he tells us in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That's good. And when we're talking to people, there are just way too many um, Christians out there that they don't act like they've been with the good Lord. That's right. They, They look like they have been with... The devil himself. Yeah, drinking some unfiltered lemonade. Mm, bad. Yeah. yeah. And and if we're if we're if we're constantly dishing out negativity, I mean you think about it. People in the community, and we all know we've heard these conversations, they're griping about their church, they're griping about their pastor, they're griping about the music, they're griping about whatever. And who in the world would want to go and be a part of that church? I tell you, one of the things I did, I did this one time and Leah said, you said what? When we were pastoring a church and and people walked in the lobby and I could tell they were new. And so I introduced myself and immediately they started just blasting the last church they oh. came from. And I thought, oh boy. And they went on for a couple of minutes and I stopped them. I said, do me a favor. Man, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm asking you to go back to your other church, make amends with your pastor and whoever you feel like you did wrong, once that gets settled, come back and join us. Mm-hmm. And they said, what? You don't want us here? And I said, it's just a matter of time before you do the same, same thing, thing about here. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's that regurgitating that negativity. That's it, man. It is so, it's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks in an unforgiven heart mm-hmm. or an unforgiving heart. It's going to spew that, That's right. that stuff Wherever out there for everybody. Everybody to hear, and uh, it's it's not conducive to what Christ is calling us to do. And we've got to walk in wisdom toward outsiders, and in the way that we talk, it is so so important. Um, and then the final thing was answer personally. Answer personally. I love that one. Uh, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Mm. And this isn't, you know. It's Paul that said, you know, with the Rome, when with the Romans, when in Rome, he's like a Roman, and yeah. with the Jew, a Jew. And this isn't being fake. Mm-mm. It just it's knowing your audience. It's being and wise. I, it's being wise, and I love that. And you and I were talking earlier, and I, I do think it's uh, as good of an analogy as you can think of. You know, with a sales background, if you just talk to people, they'll tell you the best way to sell them sell them or to close them, mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Yeah. Well, 
God uses all kinds of different ways to get to us and open up our eyes to the gospel. Yeah. Right. You and I were talking if a if a mother of two small kids comes in to look at a car, we're probably not going to try to sell her on the performance right. aspect. We're going to talk about safety. Twenty mm-hmm. three year old walks in, we're not going to talk to him about how many airbags it has and the safety features. He wants to know how fast it goes from zero to sixty. Yeah. And based on where somebody is in their life, the circumstances in their life, man, you can present that gospel in a personal way to them. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I, I used to always like to do the demos for the boys that wanted oh, to go zero to 60. Watch their eyes get I big. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And then to show them how quickly. And one time I was doing this as a side issue. I was demonstrating a, a BMW 325 back in the, in the, it was in the 90s. And uh, we'd always go to a mall parking lot. And actually, it was a Civic Center parking lot there in Monroe. And uh, we would use that as an opportunity to show the zero to 60, but then the breaks. we also would show we the anti-lock brakes. Yep. And so on this particular one, it was a female, a young female, and she was actually comparing the BMW 3 Series to the Mercedes C-Class. And uh, so I got her in there and took off as fast as I possibly could, zero to 60 in that little red BMW 325. When I hit the brakes, the anti-lock braking system was faulty. Oh no. And the thing started sliding and it slid sideways. Guess what she bought? She's been a Mercedes owner. She bought ever a Mercedes. Since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny because I sold BMWs and you always had to uh demonstrate the braking the system. Braking system. Yeah. It was amazing. And so uh but yeah that's that was a she probably really didn't care as much. And I could have probably avoided that time. At that point did you just say never mind never drive mind. back to the dealership. It was and, used. We've got a new one on the lot. Yeah. Okay. It probably doesn't have this problem. But we do when it comes to when it comes to people, I think one thing that we need to get better at is listening to people and knowing where they are uh, in their faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, around here we talk about the four chair model. So a person who is not in the faith is in chair number one. And we need to know, number one, why they're in chair number one, what has kept them from moving to chair number two, and then really how far away are they from that stepping over into faith in Jesus. And, uh, you know, most of the reasons that people don't come to Christ is not because of Jesus. That's right. What is it? Well, it's, it's a Christian. It's Someone usually calls, a Christian yeah, that's, that's right. made it, given them a bad taste in their mouth. Well, for that. one of my things that I loved is I think application is something that every pastor struggles with. And, you know, how do I make this applicable? What do we do with this message? And you gave us the CPR uh, model. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing about that was cultivate, cultivate the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll never know how to personally present that gospel presentation to them if we haven't taken time to cultivate a relationship. Right. Right. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is so relational. What people need. Yeah. And, and we can just follow his model. Right. He yeah. always took the time. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, so yeah, it was that CPR, cultivate plant, plant the hope of the gospel. We do that through conversations. You got to listen, you know, to, to uh, understand where they are, but you've got to plant the gospel. And I think a lot of times we get so into the relational evangelism that we, we just tend to listen and journey along with somebody too long without ever actually planning. Yeah. We don't ever, we don't want to plant that seed of the gospel. Um, but I think that that goes back to you said, listen to their story, 
be ready to share your story, ultimately pointing it to his story. And if you're listening to somebody, you know, a lot of times they're going to say something that you, you've gone through yourself and you can share your story to bring that hope that you're talking about to them, ultimately pointing to him and his story, which is what we all need. Oh yeah. So, and, and I also like the challenge you said, you know, we've got to be ready to plant and we also need to understand that we're not always going to be the ones to reap the harvest. I know it. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I, I might plant the seed of the gospel and without ever knowing it, you're doing the same thing. And when you plant for whatever reason, boom, it clicks, it makes sense. And the harvest is there. Oh yeah. And as brothers in Christ, we should always celebrate that. Yeah. For some of us, it's like going to the mountains and going apple picking. Mm-hmm. We haven't done any work whatsoever. Right. We That's show right. up with a little bucket on a stick and we reach up there and rattle the tree just a little bit and the fruit falls off. Somebody else has done all the planning. Somebody's been there before. Somebody's us. done the cultivating, mm-hmm. the planning, and we're just up there reaping that. And that happens in, in Christianity. And and many times you and I who, you know, present the gospel regularly from the platform, um, we get to see the reaping part of that. But man, so many people in the church have done the cultivating Amen. and the planning. That's right. And it's all a part of the kingdom building, right? Amen. Absolutely. So as Christians, as you go out this week, we need to make sure that we are salty in our speech. That's salt on the watermelon, baby. It brings out the flavor, brings I'm, out the flavor. I'm team Porter. <laughs> <laughs> so behave wisely, uh, speak Tastefully, was that right? Yeah, yes. speak tastefully and answer, answer personally. personally. Hey, this week we're going to the next step and we are going to be talking about work ethic. Work ethic. Let's How do go. we in a in in our city work in a way that shows that we love our city? So that's coming up this Sunday. Amen. Hope you'll be here. My man. Thanks, man. We'll see you.